Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Here to introduce you to the great musicians and music businesses and organizations of Wisconsin. Every week, Wisconsin Music Podcast will be bringing you great information on what's happening in the Wisconsin music world. For our music-loving listeners, we'll bring you music that you haven't even heard of yet from unique and talented artists and hear about their journey so far. You'll either hear live performances of their songs or songs from their selected discography. For our musicians out there wondering what they can do to further their recognition, we'll be calling upon Wisconsin music businesses and organizations to enlighten you on what they're doing to help further your music journey. And now, here's your host, Zach Fell. Thanks, Dean. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Wisconsin Music Podcast brought to you by Diamond Dave Photography, the photography that supports local music in Wisconsin and is ready to work with your band or any solo artist on your next promo pictures or band show. To contact Diamond Dave and see previous work, check out Diamond Dave Photography on Facebook and Instagram. Wisconsin Music Podcast is also brought to you by ZTF Studio. ZTF Studio, recording and mixing services, specializing in singles, demos, EPs, and LP projects for the last 20 years in southeastern Wisconsin, doing jazz, rock, funk, country, indie, and more. ZTF Studio brings success to your recording project. A few testimonies, one from Dimitri Wolf saying, It sounds very clear. He's also one of the more professional mixing engineers I've had contact with. Very efficient and mixed vision driven. Well, that's it for advertisement. Hey everyone, welcome back to Wisconsin Music Podcast. This week we have Jamie from Jimmy Fontaine and The Level. In the opening thumping beats of one of the band's earliest originals on their self-titled debut album, the blues-infused title Home, you can tell that there was something special about this band. The band has hosted too many to count underground shows to traveling both coast of North America. Just finished writing three songs in Nashville, so let's get into it with Jamie from Jamie Fontaine and The Level. Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Jamie Fontaine on with us this week. Jamie, how's it going? Very good. So the listeners can kind of get to know you a little bit. Why don't you kind of give us your music origin story, how you got into music, some of your early days, and what's gotten you to where you are today? Sure. Well, I grew up in Vermont, and there wasn't a lot to do. I ended up starting playing guitar at a pretty young age. Making my own sounds and making my own songs seemed to be something that I really enjoyed doing. A lot of people were telling me that I had talent. I didn't even really realize that my father was a guitar player until much later in my career. It kind of just kept snowballing. I borrowed a guitar from a friend. He showed me a few chords, and from there, it just went forward. I, I moved to Nashville, actually, and uh, started playing some down there. And then I kind of went around the East Coast and ended up here in Wisconsin. And that's where I formed the band Jamie Fontaine and The Level. We've got a great crew that that's helped us uh, get to where we're at by um, promotions and uh, just advertising and whatnot. We played all the way from Hollywood all the way to the East Coast. It's just music is a way of life. That's the way I see it. I just like to uh, express myself musically, probably more uh, <laughs> probably more musically than I do uh, verbally. I know exactly how you feel. I'm kind of the same way. I let my music speak for me then instead of myself speaking for me. So in school were you like in school band or anything like that or was it just something outside of school that that music kind of grabbed your attention it wasn't really from band or anything i I was i I was always a singer my music teacher loved my voice when i was a kid yeah i went through puberty and then it changed (laughs) but it is what it is but no it was it was really just uh something that was internal and 
in me and I just rolled with it. Like I said, when I borrowed that guitar, I learned how to play a song without knowing anything about the, about the instrument. And right away, within an hour, I was already playing Holly <laughs> from Nirvana. You got to start somewhere. Which kind of leads to my next question. What genres did you find that grabbed you, like influences, you know, influencing your songwriting? Well, Nirvana was a, a big one. I, I really liked Kurt Cobain's um, like driving guitar and vocals and just seemed like really wacky stuff. He didn't seem like he wasn't trying to be great, but he was great, you know, which is debatable. I know some people like his music, some people don't. But I mean, other than that, I've, you know, there's Stone Temple Pilots was a huge influence. Soundgarden. Those would be my three biggest influences. And I'd like to say, you know, I, I probably write similar to Kurt Cobain. I probably, it's, it's a little bit of all three of them. Yeah. You know, even my singing influences, I, I try to get real grungy like Kurt did. And I also tried to do uh, like a, almost a more uh, Chris Cornell like type of vocals. He's, he's got a very high range and right. he really hits those notes crystal clear. Yeah. So I've tried to implement it all. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it helps. I, I go to a vocal uh, coach as well, and he's he's helped me kind of throughout the whole process get get it all dialed in. I was listening to an interview with the engineer that worked with um, Stone Temple Pilots and Chris Cornell. He was saying when Chris was doing his vocals in the studio, he was so particular that he would do the vocal line over and over and over and over again until he felt it was right, even though the producer and the engineer were like, man, it's great. We, he never was really satisfied with no matter how many times he did a take on certain songs. It's just, it's just nuts. Yeah. Is the group you're with now your first major group or did you have some before that? I was in a few bands previously. They were all bands that I had formed. I started right away after that first guitar. I, I, I joined a, or I formed a band. Um, but these are all like, you know, kid bands. Yeah. yeah. This is the first major endeavor that I'm going, that I'm doing uh, in music, you know. So Jamie Fontaine at the level is definitely uh, the biggest band I've ever created or been in. Excellent. So then let's kind of talk about that. What goals do you have for this band? How long has the band been together and what is the driving force to the major goal for the group? Well, we've been together probably about seven years now, and it's had some changes in members and whatnot throughout the way, but we've actually just started really blowing up within the last couple of years, probably last year here, with, uh, with a single that we released called Save Your Life, and that actually reached in the top 20 on the record charts, or uh, the billboard charts back in uh, June of last year. You know, th that's kind of what our goal, we're our goal is basically that we're going to release another single here soon called I Am Breathing, and we just want to kind of do that for about the next year, and uh, we want to hit the charts, you know, um, and just keep the uh, the buzz going. And eventually, we would like to be signed to a major record label. And and our our, uh, our the record label that we're under right now, Striker Records, they're uh, they're helping us move along in that process as well. So that's our goal is to is to you know get to a, a spot where we could go on more tours, make a more sustainable living, you know. But obviously, with the COVID, yeah. we, we had great opportunity, and then the COVID hit, <laughs> and so we kind of got stifled and put back. But um, but we've been doing really good, you know, with the team that we've got. It, everybody's rooting for the same cause and we're going to go back to the studio here uh next month and basically we're trying to do exactly what we're talking about i want to get a, an album put together but it's not going to be released it's just going to be a demo for um for the major record labels that will be coming our way and whatnot that way we just have a, a finished product and just say here you go you know this is what this is the rest of the album let's get into the studio and re-record that puppy you know <laughs> are you looking for major major label or are you looking at major indie label 
We're, we're looking for a major, major label. Yeah. I mean, we've worked with Holly Hutchison, who's who's involved with Capital, and Scott Wilson. He's he's involved with a lot of different people as well. He's from uh, uh, Sunshine Studios in Colorado Springs, and that's where we just recorded um, our latest single that we haven't released yet, but we will next month called I Ain't Breathing. All these people, you know, you got to have your ducks in a row, and if you got all the right people, and the material is good, then, you know, you just you go for it. If you don't try, you can never succeed. Right. Or at least you, you won't know the answer if you don't try. Exactly. Let's talk about reaching your, your fans and your listeners. What do you do to reach out to them to know what's going on in social media? Are you doing to reach them? That's mainly more like I, I try to do as much responding and uh, talking to fans as possible. I have uh, also my management takes care of most of the uh, most of those doings, but just trying to basically stay current in where music is going is, is my job. I, I try to I try to create the music and make something that's easily listened. You know, you can listen to it easily, or maybe it's a it's a hard rock song that that really gets you moving. That's mainly my my goal as far as <clears throat> contacting fans. Usually, there's a lot of influx of that coming to me and I'll, I'll respond and I'll, I'll, I'll talk to people. But as far as reaching out, the, the management takes care of a, a lot of that. I try to focus pretty strictly on, on the music. Okay. What does your management do to help get your name out there? Well, they're they're in contact with Holly Hutchinson and Scott Wilson, um, Chris Dobry. These folks they uh, they utilize social media and any other music platform. I mean, we're on. You can hear us on any music platform. So basically, they, they do a, a lot of promotions through through those outlets. Okay. Let's kind of talk, since you got done, we were talking about the recording studio, the recording process. Why don't you kind of break down your your process in the recording studio from idea to release song? Well, from from idea, I mean, that that's that's me sitting on, on the couch uh, with a pen and a paper, you know, trying to make up some music. And uh, I'll go through it quite a bit. I usually rewrite the song at least two or three times. By the time I feel like there's a finished product or one that I can even bring to the band, then they'll kind of comb over it, kind of check out and see what it is they think might need to be uplifted or changed or whatever. And, uh, you know, that we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get our, our, what we think is the final product and we'll bring it to the studio. And then we have a producer that does the same thing. And he'll pick parts apart, and pull things and put stuff in different places. And they, these producers, they have quite a genius mind, I got to say. Yeah, it's, it, it amazes me. But then, you know, we get into the studio and we just, we play our hearts out. And when it gets to singing time, it's, uh, it's a whole routine. I mean, sometimes I've taken a jog just to work my lungs up and my energy levels. You know, obviously, like, I do my vocal warm-ups. I, I, I do uh, a lot of stuff. It takes me about two hours to get ready to even go sing. It's just uh, conditioning my, my body, you know, my, my voice, my mental state. You got to be in a certain mental state to, to really project uh right besides doing like vocal warm-ups is there anything else that you do some artists you know they you know drink tea tea with honey i remember watching saturday night live once and peter gabriel had this mist attached to his microphone stamp at his face while he was singing live so do you do any, any things like that yeah well i mean there's there's all kinds of little things that go into it it, it does actually surprise me sometimes how much i uh, how much i do just to prepare to sing but um yeah, I mean, I've 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 brought uh, tea on stage before. I like throat coat. That's a it's a good tea that a lot of singers use. There's uh you know there's like there's there's certain sprays you can get and all, all kinds of different things. But ultimately, I I'm a smoker, so I try not to smoke about an hour before the show. Try not to do too much drinking because that'll dry your throat out. The alcohol keep hydrated and your energy's low energy levels up. Or with uh, stretching your vocals previous to singing, that is key. It it, it all those things go into play to uh to, to really reach your potential. 
yeah, pretty yeah. high notes sometimes. <laughs> you can after an hour of singing, you can you can lose your your notes right easily. Right. Once you do that, it's not coming back the rest of the night. So <laughs> no. yeah, you, you you better be uh, ready for it when you get up on stage. I hear that it takes about four hours for your body to hydrate once you start drinking water. So you have to start early to make sure that you're definitely hydrated and your vocal cords are lubricated enough for a long long enough show. Right. Let's kind of talk about back into the past a little bit. Let's talk about the first venues you performed at. Open mic, coffee houses, bars, outdoor festivals, you know, trade shows. What kind of stuff were you, did you start out performing in? Yeah, well, there was a little little bar in Green Bay called IQs. It's it changed names now, Brett's and Friends. But um, yeah, this little bar, I, I always kind of, it was like my home. Uh, I, I'd go there for open mics, um, and I just loved playing music so much. I mean, I, I was learning how to collaborate with different people every week and just kind of doing it off on, on a whim. Uh, then, then we started getting uh, the level, it was called then, um, together. And we started playing shows at that particular bar. And pretty much from there, I mean, we just floated around Green Bay and uh, Appleton area in here in Wisconsin. And well, just all the all the bars we could find, we ended up moving ourselves all the way up to an arena show. You know, that was last year opening for Buck Cherry. So, yeah, it was just it was just a matter of getting us out there and trying to find any place that would, you know, accept original music. That was the hardest part was and IQs was one of those places that did do a lot of original music. So we we were happy to be there. Wasn't wasn't a great paying show or, or anything like that, but uh, it was just about getting yourself heard and having uh, recognition. Now, now it seems like most of the greater Green Bay area pretty much knows exactly who we are, and that not needless to say, we've been played around the country. So, have you done Summerfest yet, or are you looking to do Summerfest in the future? We we want to, yes. Um, as far as the workings on that, like I said, I, I'm not positive. Uh, I, I think that uh, our management and Chris Dovery is going to most likely get us in there. I just, I'm not sure how the workings of it all actually come to be. Okay. okay. But yeah, that is definitely a goal of ours. We, li- we like Summerfest, you know, Rock USA, all that stuff. But we've, we've played Broadfest. I mean, we've done other things. But yeah, so Summerfest is definitely on the list of things that we would like to do. Okay. Let's dig a little bit deeper now, because obviously you're still connected to the local scene. What great things for musicians have you seen happening in your area, in your town, that's good for the local music scene in your area? Well, I've seen more and more original music start coming out of here, which is kind of surprising. When I first moved here, this was a strict cover town. I found that a little disheartening because I really like creating music. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, th- these bands, I-, I-, I can tell you that they're coming out with more originals. And I don't know if we're paving the way for people to feel more comfortable doing that or what. But I'm just happy to see all these bands. They'll play, you know, a few, few cover songs and then they'll throw in two or three of their own. And it always just uh, it seems to be a new trend around here so that that's probably the greatest thing i've seen out of music in the area is that people are opening up to uh original music and broadening their horizons if you will very cool have you seen anything local venues that's helping the local talent rise above the noise well, I mean, obviously with the COVID, a lot of sh- stuff has uh, changed. Right. And there's been like a dip in a lot of that. Venues, you know, some of them are closing and stuff. So it's kind of hard to, to say that I, I can see too much from, from the venue side of things. But um, there are certain places like Fatheads. That's our hometown bar. That's where we play a lot. And they, they, you know, they're they're real good. They they uh, they like to keep uh, bands going no matter what. They, they've had it 
they've had it open through the whole COVID thing, and they've continued to have bands even when they were struggling and people were sticking heart and all the time. It was it was uh, it was quite the struggle. And uh, you know, Beth, she's the owner, she's a friend of mine. Watching her go through the struggle and just persevere and and fight through it. I mean, that's from the venue side of things. Uh, hats off. Yeah, yeah, hats off to you guys because that's got to be a challenge. I'm proud of people for continuing to uh, to do that. You know, they didn't turn their place into a top 40 dance club. That's that's really good. I'm pretty happy to say that we still have good venues uh, right around here and places to play. Yeah, yeah. And people are opening their ears to original music, which is the only way music is ever going to get heard is somebody's got to write it. Exactly. Exactly. Trying to think of the future here, live music. What do you? What's your hope? And once COVID has been been controlled. Oh, definitely. Uh, it's a good question. Well, tours are definitely back in order. I, I want to get back out on the road. Um, you know, we've got a hit single that came out, and we'd like to go kind of show that off. Uh, you know, touring wise, uh, keeping our name relevant because, you know, when you hit the actual billboard and then you don't go touring, it just kind of sits there stagnant and it's not really our fault. Right, right. We would have been more than happy to jump on the road, but obviously that wasn't going to happen this year or last year. Um, we're hoping this year that, that we, we, we get back out on the road, uh, touring the country. Um, it, yeah, I want to, I want to get, like you said, Summerfest. I want to get into like all the major festivals that are, that we possibly can. I, I, and I want to do more arena shows where we've played at uh, the Menominee Nation Arena out here in Ottawa. Oshkosh. And uh, I'd like to do more things like that. Maybe, you know, move it up, up and up. If, if we can get, if we can make a big enough buzz, which we already have. I mean, we played in something like 260 cities last year. Um, just one, the one single that hit. And uh, certain cities, we were like the number one band for spins on our single. As long as we can continue to do something like that, well, just all the way to the top, baby. Fuck, let's go to, let's go to, uh, to some stadiums and Let's let's really rock it. I, I just wanna I wanna get the ball rolling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we never stopped rolling. We're we're still chugging along. It's it's just a harder chug these days, and uh, we're not the only ones fighting. No, to uh to stay alive. Yeah, a lot of singles. Yeah, a lot of the bands that are more well known, they've been doing a lot of online concerts, live streaming, or pre-recorded concerts. You know, from their wherever they're located. Have you guys done something like that, or thought of doing something like that? We've done a couple of online shows, not too many, but yeah, no, I mean, that's, if, if this is going to continue, that's probably going to be, you know, more along the lines of what we're going to be doing instead of touring, you know? Yeah. yeah. If you can't tour, you got to do something to stay relevant. But uh, no, we're, we're really focused on utilizing the time to record new music, new music. I mean, it's usually everybody's downtime is, you know, they'll release a, an album and then they'll take some time and then they'll write a new album and it's it's kind of like their downtime well we're just kind of utilizing this whole covid-19 time as a uh, as a as a tool we're trying to stay positive about it and just keep writing and recording i mean to be honest during the covid that's when we blew up though can't really can't I can't really say say that we're not <laughs> succeeding because of the COVID. I mean, we've done the whole thing during the COVID time, so yeah, we're yeah. gonna release like instead a new uh, single in about a month, and it's just stuff like that. I mean, we we went to Colorado Springs to record at Sunshine Studios with Scott Wilson. That's our goal. We we just keep doing stuff like that, releasing chart hitting uh, singles, and eventually come out with a uh, a heavy album. So why did you pick the studio in Colorado Springs instead of one that's in Wisconsin? Well, Scott Wilson is uh, very well connected. And it's not just everything you know how to do. It's a lot of times it's the people you know as well. And uh, that is one ma major reason. Also, he's a great recording artist. Uh, he has a great studio. We played down uh, down that way 
at Sunshine Studios Live. So we we were affiliated previously with him, okay. and it, it's just good to keep your your circle small. You know, I I, I I I like to have the same sounds. You know, instead of like the same the same type of tones and everything, instead of having like a ton of different people. So we've been just kind of sticking with our crew is basically what it is. And I, I would I definitely say that Scott Wilson is one of our crew. He's he's right there with us. Yeah, if you think about it, like the Beatles, Jeff Emmerich, he was definitely a big contributor to their sound. So I totally understand exactly where you're coming from. These engineers, they, they kind of come part of your, your musical family. And if, you know, one member changes, and as you know, because you've talked about changing members throughout the years, it kind of changes a little bit of how the whole group sounds. Yes, yes, it does. And, we, you know, we had the pleasure of working with Malcolm Springer down at Universal uh, Music Group Studio in, in Nashville. And, you know, he's he's the producer for Collective Souls album, you know, and uh, he's done like uh, some soundtracks for Spider-Man and just a, a lot of stuff. He's very well connected. You know, so, it, you know, you don't need maybe only one person. It's good to have a little bit kind of different sounds here, but, I, you know, just so it doesn't stay kind of stagnant, but um, keeping that group small instead of spreading it way out. That's that's the that's the goal to, to try to achieve if you're trying to keep a constant sound, a consistent sound. Right. Let's talk about a couple of songs off your latest album that you can put on the podcast. It's probably good to have a couple of stories behind some of the songs. So if there's a couple of songs that you'd like to pick and just kind of tell us the story behind it, I think uh, the listeners would be interested interested in hearing about it okay well yeah uh there's a song called home that was released off our self-titled album it's it's just a song about kind of feeling a little lost in the world and don't really ever know where home is but either way that's where you're going you're going home it's not like a debbie downer song or anything but it's it's definitely a song that that's got a, a softer vibe than what i'm usually doing i usually do pretty hard rock this one almost has a bit of a boot stomper feel to it and uh, to be honest, I know a bunch of truckers that listen to it all the time because they're going home, you know, just <laughs> stopping away down the highway. Yeah. You
Diamond Dave Photography, the photography that supports local music in Wisconsin and is ready to work with your band or any solo artist on your next promo pictures or band show. To contact Diamond Dave and see previous work, check out Diamond Dave Photography on Facebook and Instagram. Wisconsin Music Podcast is also brought to you by ZTF Studio. ZTF Studio, recording and mixing services, specializing in singles, demos, EPs, and LP projects for the last 20 years in southeastern Wisconsin, doing jazz, rock, funk, country, indie, and more. ZTF Studio brings success to your recording project. All right, back to the interview. What's another song that has a good story behind it? Well, there's the song Save Your Life, the one that we charted with. That's That story is a little different. Um, Save Your Life is an actual literal story about me saving my own life. Uh, so, uh, last, last year, um, so uh, 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 a man wielding a knife tried to stab me in the head while I was uh, just doing my day job. Oh, jeez. And it was terrifying. Yeah, I was locked inside of a corridor trying to fix a, a latch. And some, somebody just randomly comes out of their apartment with a knife in hand, asked me what I was doing. I didn't think too much of it. I just told him what I was doing. And then I, and COVID had just barely hit and everything. And I thought, okay, well, what's this guy doing with that knife in his hand? So I asked him the same thing. I'm like, what are you doing? And then he took two calm steps down the, down the stairwell. And the first step I looked at him and I just thought to myself, he's coming to kill me. Second step, calm step that is. I'm thinking, what are you going to do? Okay. I know he's not going to just walk up nicely with that knife in his hand. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> so after he took those two calm steps, he ran down the stairs as fast as he could, screaming with the knife over his head. He thrust it at me. I literally stopped his hand with the knife just pointing right at my face. It wasn't more than half a foot away. I mean, I was just I was holding it right right there. Yeah, I, I'm lucky to be here today. That's for sure. So that. There's a there's a video on YouTube that kind of describes kind of describes what what's going on with the song. It shows me working on a door and a man with a knife and and it has a little blurb at the end that 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 tells you um you know this is based on actual events and you know a man wielding a knife tried to end my life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so that it's not a good story, but it is an interesting one. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's taken me a bit to to kind of shake off the nerves from it, but understandable. understandable. I mean, ultimately, I'm here, and he's going to jail. So yeah, yeah. but I guess it all worked out. I, I'm 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 happy that uh, that something good came out of it. I mean, the song "Save Your Life" has been kind of a game changer for Jamie Fontaine in a level. We're uh, well, we're, we're, we're more widely known now, and that's, that's, a, that's a fact. Yeah, you know? yeah.
Well, I'm glad you survived, but a lot of people are glad you survived. Let's let's, let's, yeah. let's brighten up the mood a little bit here. Let's talk about work-life balance. How are you able to balance your work with your personal life and music? You know, all three of those kind of mixed together. How are you good at balancing that, or is it a struggle? It's kind of a struggle. I mean, uh, I, I I probably am better at balancing it than most because I do a lot musically. I mean, I, I every Monday through Friday I'm at work, um, and I you know I, I have my work life, my home life. I have a daughter, and I also have the band life. And every Monday is about the only day that I have off musically. So I try to catch up on Sundays and Mondays with like house chores and whatnot. As far as work goes, when I go to work, it's pretty much all work. I'll have my phone near if, if there's some kind of like promotional stuff that I have to do or, or you know, 
social media, what the, you know, stuff, responding to people. So I do, I do music even when I'm at work, but I'm not writing songs or taking time away from uh, my company, the, the company I work with. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, we don't come home. I'll have uh, guys showing up almost instantly to play music, the band or whoever it may be. I mean, I'm, I've done a lot of collaborating. There's, there's hip hop artists I'm working with. There's Rob. He he plays with Brett Michaels. I'm planning on collaborating with him. Um, yeah. And so it's it's just a it's just a go 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 type of thing. When I actually get a chance to kick my feet up, I'm usually writing. You know, it's still something that I'm doing. I don't even remember the last time I turned the TV on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What struggles in the local music scene that's kind of suppressing the local scene from rising out of the noise? Well, um, as I mentioned before, that the the, uh, the Green Bay and the surrounding area has it's it seemed to be mainly a cover town for, for quite some time, and that was that was a huge depressant. I, I couldn't really get to the venues, the bigger places, and play. You you had to be connected with an entertainment group, and that entertainment group wasn't going to have you connected unless you were you know a cover band of some kind. So that was a very big hurdle that we overcame, and um, you know a little bit clicky. You know sometimes you run into that where i'm not from here i'm from vermont uh, i've lived here for 15 so or so years and um just kind of being an outsider looking sounding different uh trying something new to a town that's used to the same stuff over and over that was uh, you know the same hurdle and it was that was the biggest thing that i had to overcome was was this this whole cover mentality and also you know there was a time where it was like 80s are us up here they just did not want to hear nothing but 80s cover bands and i'm just thinking what in the heck is going on here? Like, I can't even play you a cover of, that I like. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with the 80s. I'm just saying it's not really anything I play. Right. But I couldn't, I couldn't even play them a cover of music that I, I, I listen to. And that is that has changed, too. So now the, the original music seems to be flowing a little better around here. And uh, also people are starting to get a little updated in their music genres and tastes. You know, there's still a lot of 80s. But uh, I mean, it's 2020. That was 40 years ago. <laughs> we, we can move. We can move forward a li- little bit. Right, right. So I've, I've heard a lot of a lot of cool things starting to happen around here with original original music. It's starting to sound a little more 90s, a little more 2000s, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and so on. It's, it's getting there. People are definitely coming around to kind of broaden their horizons on, on what to write or um, or even what to uh, play. For listeners out there that are musicians and trying to put bands together and try to be successful, I like to ask the guests about red flags. What kind of red flags have you witnessed that you'd like to share so others that are going through the same process are a little bit more knowledgeable when they are out there finding gigs or whatever they're doing to promote themselves? Well, it depends on how serious of a venture you're willing to go with. If you're trying to actually make it a career, which we are, um, one of the first things that I'll ask is, you know, if we were to get onto a tour, would you be able to get up and leave your home life for three months? You know, that's a big one. Can't do that. You're probably not going to be in my band. Um, that's a, that's a big one because you know nobody really likes to hear that, especially <laughs> especially when they haven't even played a, a couple notes with you yet. Right, you know, it's right. like, well, I mean, this, this is the first thing to think about. And then there's compatibility you know if you got three wildcats and one straight edge guy maybe it'll work maybe it won't i i prefer to have everybody kind of mentally similar you know um that way there's not internal band riffs all the time you know uh, people not appreciating the other person or whatever so compatibility is a big one and that goes for any relationship god knows yeah um yeah and uh also egos that's that's a big that's a big one so i try to take the lead role in this band you know i did gather everybody together 
together and write all the music. But um, I, I don't try to push off that, you know, I'm some kind of head honcho. I like to keep everybody's voice heard and involved as much as possible because I sure as hell can't see everything. When I miss something, the guys, they'll they'll pick it right up and they'll, they'll fix stuff, you know. You just got to have really good compatibility in order to achieve the best goals that, that, that you're trying to set. Right, you know, right. got to have all that in order. So red flags definitely would be egos. I mean, if, if you've got somebody that's very egotistical, probably better off without him because that's that will nip you in the butt eventually and everybody you know this is rock and roll music playing here yeah, everybody's yeah. got a bit of a, a bit of an ego and that's that's good you got to have some kind of edge to you uh, especially when you're standing on stage it's not like choir boys up there we're, we're rocking and rolling yeah, yeah. We're, we're trying to we're trying to provide entertainment so you can't be too too lame for lack of better words you gotta you gotta have something behind you right, a little right. bit of a little bit of snack you know <laughs> and uh <laughs> Yeah, and um, but that all has to get stifled when it's just you and the guys. Like when we're playing music in in the basement, we're recording, we're we're, uh, we're creating. It's it's all open ears. No nobody's voice isn't heard. There's always got to be a director, otherwise stuff just gets hairy and people are talking over everybody. And yeah, you can't have that either. But um, but that director or who, who, whoever the band needs to just be able to kind of come together as one. Even though there might be say there's five members, there's five different ideas. There can only be one idea at the end. Right. You, you got to be able to be okay with that. You know, yeah, you, yeah. you're going to have some things that you really liked never in your music. Uh, for instance, Save Your Life, big song. It's our biggest one to date. There is literally the riff that I created to create the whole song. A very original idea. Fantastic riff. Pulled out of the song, never used. Oh, <laughs> it was yanked right out. They put power chords in instead. That was a producer's call. <laughs> you know, and you're not going to sit there and argue with these guys. I mean, you can if it's completely something that you have to have to do. Yeah. Usually that's why you hire them. They, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's goofy. It's just collaboration. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's got to be. Got to be. A, there's got to be good mojo. You know. Got to have enough enough balls and, and enough uh, smarts to to know when to calm them down. Right. So since you are working with professional level producers, what do you find um, equates them to being at that level? What things have you experienced working with producers that you've gone? Yeah, that's why they're where they are. Oh boy, yeah. Well, um, I mean, it's it's goofy. There there has been a couple of times where I've actually had to say, no, 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 we're gonna have to change this to this. But ninety five percent of the time, it's them telling that to me, right? right. It's almost like nonstop, like working with Scott Wilson and working with uh, Malcolm Springer, watching these guys pick and pull. They'll take a part of a song over here and put it into this song over here. And it's like, oh, geez, well, that's that. That's why you're here. It's really astonishing the, the amount of smarts that these guys can see through songs like butter. It's amazing. I mean, I, I've got that same type of quality, but I'm not a music producer. I mean, I do produce music. But these, these professionals that, that have been doing it for years and years that can pick and pull and change things and just hear a sour note. What, right. They're they're there, and it's very obvious. I mean, man, they worked me hard uh, <laughs> in the studio, in, in the vocal booth. It was grueling, but ultimately, they knew what they were doing. It's like pushing a workhorse, but not pushing him until he breaks his leg. You know, right, right. So they're they're smart, smart folks, and I'm I'm really uh, blessed to, to to work with the people that I am working with. Excellent. I think a lot of people out there think that a producer is a producer, and it doesn't matter what level they're at; they're all about the same. But it's not true. Correct. As we are wrapping this up, one of the things that I ask, what artists are you listening to that you feel deserve some more recognition that's maybe not getting enough of it? 
listened to a lot of highly suspect but they're already hitting they're, they're charting big time already so i don't think that they need any any props from me but they're i really dig that that new sound they're they're playing with um i don't really have any any, any ideas of a uh, newer upcoming bands right right off the top of my head i it's, it's tough because i've been really just playing a lot of my own stuff and working really hard at creating music and whatnot but yeah okay and then for the last thing is for a song to play the podcast out what's one more song you'd like to add to the podcast um besides home and uh save your life yeah there is a song called scars and melodies off our self-titled album as well that uh that's a good one but really there's a single that we just released also called low and i think that would be more appropriate that was done with malcolm springer okay okay and uh, is there a story behind that one yeah yeah you can definitely play that one right, right well jamie thank you so much for being on the wisconsin music podcast it was a pleasure talking with you Thank you very much. I, I enjoyed every minute. Good. Um, hopefully we'll talk again soon. And hopefully when COVID's under control, um, I'll be able to go out and see you guys play. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to All it. All right. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Well, that's the end of another great interview that was with Jamie from Jamie Fontaine and The Level. And thank you all out there for listening. If you're interested, there is a donation button on the website. Donations help with getting the name out there and having great guests like Jamie Fontaine. Or go to buymeacoffee.com slash Wisconsin Music Podcast. I'd like to thank Nate Wyckoff for creating the music for the Wisconsin Music Podcast. And to Dean Bundy for our great voiceover in the beginning and intro. Thanks to Jacob at CW Hip Hop for syndicating our podcast every Monday at 4 p.m. at CWHipHop.com. Also, ZTF Studio Recording and Mixing Services. Specializing in singles, demos, EPs, and LP projects for the last 20 years in southeastern Wisconsin, doing jazz, rock, funk, country, indie, and more. You can contact ZTF Studio at www.ztfstudio.com or ztfstudio at gmail.com. Here's Jamie Fontaine and The Level. It's a song just simply talking about, you know, not feeling that good. It's uh, feeling like a dog and just trying to get through the day or through whatever it is that's holding you down. And uh, it gets it gets pretty, um, pretty loud and pretty mean. And but ultimately, it's just it's it's a song to drive people, lift them up, not not break them down. Even though it's called love, that's where you start off. But sometimes you hit the top. Up now, maybe one day I'll think of.
Bye.